think Mahomes, as we have seen this postseason, will be incredibly delicate with his throws, his accuracy, his decisions, and that would have me leaning toward the under, meaning Mahomes will not throw an interception. And then finally, my last lean that I'll dish out, how about the 49ers under 24.5 team total points? The Chiefs have only allowed one team, one team to get over 24 points this season. That was the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. The Chiefs had scored 27 points. The Dolphins in the playoffs scored 7. The Bills scored 24, so they stay under. The Ravens scored only 10. Every other team, aside from the Packers, stayed under 24.5 for their team total. The Broncos scored at 24. Nobody else really even came close, just kind of looking down this list. So it's remarkable to see the improvements of this Chiefs defense it correlates with why I like Kansas City to win and cover in this game. Correlates with a lot of reasonings for some of my bets and leans. But something to look at. I like the full game total under 47.5 as well. I know it opened 48, got hit to 47.5. Some books have even 47. But if you like these unders, make sure you wait like James Salinas was talking about in the last episode. Wait pretty much as long as possible, like 30 minutes before kickoff. Public is going to come in late. They're going to steam it all up. The one game, the public has an influence on these markets, and then you can get even better odds, better numbers on these props, game props, whatever it may be, team totals to look the opposite direction, which would be to the under. So something else to keep in mind, San Francisco under 24.5 team total points. But the only play that I've officially added to the handful that I already have, it's going to be both teams one plus field goals made, risking one unit to win 0.56 units. All right, let's move on to my interview with Jacob Roach. He is live in Las Vegas at Radio Row telling us about his experience, talking to all of these former players, celebrities, and more. Let's ship it out there. Okay, now we are welcoming on a good friend, someone who I've worked with numerous times in the past, Jacob Roach, at Roach underscore 97 is where you can follow him along on Twitter. He's an analyst when it comes to the NBA, been a producer on various sports betting shows, including some of mine and some really, really prominent ones, and he's been doing great things out there in Las Vegas still, and as a matter of fact, Jacob is live at Radio Row before the Super Bowl. I'm excited to kind of pick your brain about what's been happening there. It's something that I've always wanted to do, haven't done yet. But, Jacob, for people who are a little bit unfamiliar with the whole setup of Radio Row, where is it at exactly in Las Vegas? And just what's the whole dynamic of what's been happening with it? Yeah, I would say the vibe around all of Radio Row with everyone I've talked to is that Radio Row is back. Sounds like post-COVID, you know, we were kind of ramping it back up, but the stars have been out. Uh, the Radio Row itself is in the Mandalay Bay Convention Center, and then it's attached to the NFL experience. So the Mandalay Bay is kind of the whole hub for the Super Bowl experience this week. And it has been A-lister after A-lister walking around. It's You, you turn around, you got Burt Kreischer looking at you. You turn around, you got Bronk and Edelman. I'm looking at Cam Jordan right now. Like, there is current players are everywhere. Legends are everywhere. Celebrities are out. The Rock was here. It has been insane. 
Man, that's awesome. And so basically, you know, what you've been doing there is conversating with all these guys and trying to get them on every show. So is it basically just some of these top name guys are just going show to show? Do they have a strict schedule? Is it pretty loose? What's the structure of that? You know, it kind of depends. You go up to like some of the A-listers and they're nice and then their publicist comes in and their publicist shuts it down. Like they play the bad guy. But a lot of it's just smoozing. I have been working all week on Michael Penix's I have been working his guys all week trying to get Penix on one of the shows. I lied. I told him I went to IU. I went to IUI, guys. That's a total lie. <laughs> Close but enough. I, I have been working Penix's people all week. We, we're trying to – I'm working with the station out of D.C., so we're trying to grab as many of QBs as we can. We had Hartman and Rattler yesterday. Obviously, they're not going to. But um, we're looking for Caleb and Drake May. We haven't seen them out yet this week at all. So that's like kind of our big, big fish we've been looking for. But obviously, Penix is in that mix. So I have been working Penix hard, hopefully getting him today. But overall, everyone's been uh, everyone's been very kind of generous with their time. There's one former MVP slash Heisman who was not too great. I'll let you guys put the pieces together. He lost in the Super Bowl to the Broncos. Um, besides that, everyone has been awesome. Uh, Josh Allen was here yesterday. He was giving everybody a lot of time. He was very nice. Uh, saw Greg Olson walking around earlier. But no, it's been great. A lot of positive interactions. So based on the people you've had on the show you're working for and maybe just some of the conversations you've heard in general, what's been a common theme from these guys' thoughts for the big game or maybe something interesting they said that you as more, not that you're a casual viewer, but just as a fan in general, maybe didn't think of that angle. What's really stood out from what some of these A-listers, as you say, have said, and former players most specifically have said about the Super Bowl? I would say the three things I've heard people say the most are Chiefs D, everyone's crazy about Chiefs defense. Everyone's crazy. I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, I'm not betting against Mahomes again. Like It has been the line of the week. I'm not betting against Mahomes. But I would say the one unit everyone's focused on is actually how underrated the Chiefs defense is. And then the other thing, maybe kind of just in a vacuum since I'm working for a couple DC networks this week and they hired Dan Quinn. So a lot of our conversations have revolved around Dan Quinn. And that has then slipped into Shanahan. A lot of people have been talking about, you know, the pressure on Shanahan has been probably the third storyline. Behind betting on Mahomes, behind the Chiefs defense being underrated is – is Shanahan going to win the big one? Those have been the three keys, the three talking points. Shockingly, no one has talked about Brock Purdy, <laughs> which is kind of funny because all year, every week, Brock Purdy is either the worst quarterback or the best quarterback. So that's been – I thought we'd get way more Brock Purdy, like coverage. He's such a dynamic talking point. But, no, a lot of it has just been Mahomes, defense, Shanahan. So, Jacob, as someone being yourself who lives in Las Vegas and is very familiar with the area, what do you make of these two things? One being the complaints out of the camp of San Francisco with the conditions that they were dealing with at UNLV. It was more of a sponge turf or whatever complaint there was versus the 49ers team going to the Raiders facilities because they're the home team. And then also, I'm curious your thoughts on, you know, you get some of these older former players saying, oh, it's so bad to have the Super Bowl here in Vegas, tons of distractions, et cetera. What have you made from those comments? Everybody I've talked to, I've been talking to Brian Mitchell a lot, played uh, for the Commanders because he's over by our booth. He does a show with J.P. Finley on D.C. He's gone to a thousand Super Bowls. He won one with, uh, with the, at the time with the Washington. Um, he thinks that we are just 
a couple years away from the Super Bowl going New Orleans, Vegas, New Orleans, Vegas, New Orleans, Vegas. If a new stadium pops up, they go there for a year. That has been the vibe in here. The vibe in here has been the love for Vegas and the fact that Vegas has been an incredible host city. A lot of people are comparing it to the Indianapolis Super Bowl because, yeah, I know people are going to shake their heads and say, how are you comparing Vegas to Indy? The beautiful thing about Indy is you can walk everything. In Vegas, you can walk to everything. Compared to L.A., where it's uh, all sprawled across. Same with Arizona last year. A lot of people have complained about, like, usually you have to walk and you have to drive. But this is very contained. So everyone in Radio Row has been very impressed. And they think Vegas is going to be in a two-, three-year rotation. Everyone loves it when it's in New Orleans. The players themselves, I think, you know, that's kind of on the Niners, in my opinion. Like, if you know you're going to UNLV, then Get get a look at the turf. You have you have a week to plan and see if you need to practice somewhere else. That that that's just my thing. I they've known for two weeks where they were going to be practicing, and that has been a conversation. How the conversation in every show I've listened to has been the practice fields for the Niners. So if we knew it was going to be an issue, they should know it was going to be an issue, and you got to get that figured out. Yeah, and honestly, I think it's relatively speaking, it's definitely got to be overblown, right? I mean, it's just one of yeah. those little things where we have two weeks of time to talk about this game and everybody wants some kind of topic to really emphasize. And that's just one of them. There's always some little quirk about one of these teams practice facilities or something that occurred that really isn't going to matter in the grand scheme of things. And if I'm not mistaken, UNLV in their football facility is like two years old. So it's very new, much oh, like the, the facility's Raiders. brand new. Yeah, it's a yeah. great facility. I also don't think this would be a topic if the Sodfather stuff didn't happen last year. If that wasn't such <laughs> right. a big topic in last year's Super Bowl, I don't think we'd be talking about the playing surface. But, yeah. you know, we we look for anything to talk about these last two weeks. This is my least favorite two weeks, barring this. Like, being here has been awesome. It's been really great to cover it. Usually, usually I hate cover, like Super Bowl coverage for the two weeks because we have to pick it apart a thousand mm. ways to Sunday. And that's just one of those things. Like, is it really going to be that big of an issue? Probably not. All right, Jacob. Well, uh, we still got a little bit of time with you here before we let you go. What have been some of the most interesting conversations, even if it's outside of football, with some of the cooler guests that you've endured that are just some kind of fun stories that you've had? Yeah, I would say, you know, my, my, my favorite two interactions, conversations. Um, so funny story, Saquon Barkley and I had the same exact birthday. So I bumped into Saquon yesterday walking around. I was like, hey, Saquon, I showed him my ID. I was like, happy birthday. Danny, he was so excited that we had the same birthday. <laughs> he, like, dapped me up, gave me a half hug, and wished each other happy birthday. So that was funny. But, uh, I mean, it takes the cake. It takes the cake. Hey, James Salinas, how are we doing? Uh, what takes the cake is Chris Long. Hey, James Salinas just had him on the last episode, by the way. So we get a live interaction <laughs> with our former guest. Unbelievable. <laughs> just, just walk past me. Uh, Chris Long and I chopped it up for like five, ten minutes about Willie Nelson and the Almond Brothers, just like just talking music, and that has been like highlight of the week for me. I was texting one of my buddies who's a big Chris Long fan, and I was like, "Listen, I'm probably never gonna have a cooler conversation in my life than that conversation." <laughs> Oh, man, that's fantastic. And, yes, a big happy birthday to our current guest, Jacob Roach, on Friday, February 9th. Uh, fun trivia fact, Jacob and Saquon Barkley share the same birthday. So for anybody going to bar trivia, keep that in mind down the road once Jacob becomes an A-lister himself. <laughs> Jacob, uh, let me get your thoughts here for the Super Bowl. Have you bet anything? Are you going to? If not, any leans for the big game? 
I made the biggest bet I've ever made on the Chiefs money line as soon as the line dropped. Okay. So are you, and I know we don't want to go, you know, you can't bet against Mahomes. There's a lot of reasons for it, but what have been some of your primary reasons outside of say Mahomes versus Purdy? You know, I just, you close your eyes, you envision a final drive and it's just like, do you want Patrick Mahomes or do you want the guy who they were passively looking to replace this off season with Tom Brady? Right. And also Brad Purdy's uh, media photos this week have done him no help. He looks like he's a 12-year-old, like, modeling a Niners uniform. So, you know, it's kind of like I was against J.J. McCarthy all year, and that bit me, but I'm just not big into my quarterback meditating before the game. I was actually talking really quick. I was talking to former uh, NFL DB Tank Williams about this yesterday, and he said, look, when I see somebody meditating before a game, I think I'll help put you to sleep if that's what you need. So it's just like little <laughs> things like that. And I've just seen Purdy all week like looking like a baby face. And I'm just like, man, I hate to say it, but that that sway, sways, my, uh, sways my thoughts on the game. <laughs> Jacob Roach, anti-meditation. Put him down on the record for that. Hey, Jacob. Uh, last thing here, my friend. I know you are huge into the NBA. You've helped me out tons in the past with some futures bets. At this point in the season, we're nearing the All-Star break. Is there any awards market that you think people should keep an eye on, maybe attack now? I know you and I have had conversations about MVP, maybe looking at a guy like Luca, most improved player here in Chicago. We're high on Kobe White. What markets would you tell people to keep an eye on or attack right now? Three bets you have to make right now because of different news. One, Jamie Bickerstaff, Cavs head coach, coach of the year. Got to hammer that, continue to hammer that. They've lost like one game in the last month and a half. Two, I, lo- I love Kobe White for most improved, but depending on the price that you can find on Maxi, I mean, his, his numbers are just going to get better and better with Embiid out. And then yeah. continuing that conversation with no Embiid, Kawhi Leonard, MVP. 70 to 1 is the best number you can get him. It was at 1.150 to 1. I was talking to Jonathan Von Tobel earlier this week about it. Hammer, Kawhi, MVP, if you can get him 50 to 1 or better. So I know JVT's been huge on the Clippers train, and it seems like so many other people have as well. Are you buying stock into the Clippers, or do you think that, yeah, there'll be a team that still has great success in the regular season and maybe the first couple rounds, but will eventually fall short in the postseason, or are they actually a legit threat to win the whole damn thing? You know, the West this year is more than many years. The Western Conference playoffs are going to depend on seeding. Because of the different, there's such a variance in size from the Nuggets and the Timberwolves, who are huge, to the Clippers, who are pre, pre, like really wing oriented, as the Thunder are as well. The Suns are wing oriented, so it's all going to be matchup centric. But if the Clippers get the right matchup, and that's what, what I'm saying is the Clippers don't want to pull Minnesota and they don't want to pull Denver on their side. If, if the Timberwolves and Denver, if they're on the same side of the bracket, and uh, the Clippers are on the other side. That's when you want to take the Clippers to win to go to, the, to win the finals because they're probably going to go there because of seeding. Because I think they beat Phoenix. I think they beat OKC. It's just the size with the Timberwolves and the Clip and the uh, Nuggets that I would be worried about for them. Jacob Roach, ladies and gentlemen, at Roach underscore ninety seven, where you can catch him on Twitter. Live from Radio Row in Las Vegas before the Super Bowl. Produced many sports betting shows, an NBA betting analyst. One of the best there is when it comes to handicapping the hardwood. So glad we could get some futures talk with you, Jacob. Enjoy being there. 
at Radio Row. Hopefully you get some more A-listers and some of these uh, Heisman slash MVP candidates treat you a little bit nicer, especially because it's your birthday. (laughs) But, hey, have a good birthday, my man. Uh, Enjoy it out there, and thanks again. Thanks, Danny. We'll see you. All righty. Big shout-out to Jacob Roach and a happy birthday to him. Appreciate his time there at Radio Row. Awesome to get kind of a first-hand experience, even though I'm doing it here in Chicago. He's actually there in Las Vegas. Still cool to get somebody down there in the trenches to give us a feeling of what it's like there with all of those former players, some celebrities walking around. Awesome experience for him and everybody involved. Hopefully we can get out there one day. That is the goal, my friends. But the goal also is to have a successful Super Bowl Sunday. And to recap all the action I got going on for the big day, here it is. I've got Isaiah Pacheco over 68 and a half rushing yards. This was the first bet we made. Pacheco, I hope, is destined to have a big game on the ground against a weaker San Francisco 49ers run defense. 1.12 units to win one. Would play it up to 70 and a half. Each team to score one plus rushing touchdown plus 130. One unit to win 1.30 units. Then I added the Chiefs catching two in the hook. Minus 115, risking 2.30 units to win two. Sort of a hedge, but not really because I still do like the Chiefs, but a slim margin for this hedge for Christian McCaffrey Super Bowl MVP at plus 650. And then the final play we added just in this episode, both teams to have one plus field goals made, minus 180. However, risking just one unit, a flat unit, to win 0.56. So as of right now, Friday afternoon, unless I add anything else over the weekend, which if I do, you will be notified about it on the website or on Twitter, berksbeat.com, at dannyburke5 on Twitter. Barring I don't do that, those are going to be the plays pre-flop that I will be writing for Super Bowl 58. Best of luck to all of you out there. Thank you for listening in. Appreciate it if you like and subscribe. Hopefully you've had just as fun and as exciting of a football season as I've had. We'll continue to produce content even after the football season regarding a little bit of football, but more so focusing on the other sports. So make sure you still stay in touch with all the content and analysis I'm putting out there. Thank you again, everybody. Enjoy the game. Best of luck and take care.